will join me. We are starting in Mark 11, starting in verse 22. And I'm going to read through 24. And I'm going to start in the New Living Translation. It reads this. This is the, Jesus talking to the disciples. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you know, Jesus isn't going to lie to us. This is truth. This is what he tells us. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Say, it's mine. mine. Uh, Several, the last few months I've been talking to Pastor Drew. I'm like, there are so many it's in scripture. They just like keep jumping out at me. And so when I told him that Pastor Doug had asked me to share, he's like, okay, what it are you picking? I'm like, the mountain. That's the it that I want you to picture today, a mountain. And then I want you to remember what he's telling us in this portion of scripture. He's saying, move it. I want to clarify what a mountain is not. It's not tangible. For the longest time, I don't know why I get so weepy when I share. Just not going to. Probably will. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and say, you are not my mountain. People are not your mountains. When you leave here today, please do not take the person you're with or someone you're going to see and curse them and try to cast them into Lake Red Rock. (laughs) People are not our mountain. Our spouse, our children, or lack of. Our teachers, or professors, or parents. Our boss, or career. They are not our mountain. Scripture is very clear. We don't fight against flesh and blood. It may look like it's us. How many times Pastor Drew and I thought we were each other's mountains? May even tried to. We won't go there. A mountain is a struggle. And I really believe this. The mountains that have been in my life, it's something that I know through the life and the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They shouldn't be there. I'm like, why are you still here? He took care of this. And the price that he paid, I don't want you. Move it. Amen. I'm very passionate about this. Jesus used the illustration of a mountain to show that God is the God of the impossible. Just as much as I can't move mountains tangibly, there are things that are deep rooted in us that truly are the mountains that I can't change in my life or someone else's. Not on my own. Those mountains that are rooted in us lies like truly straight from the pit of hell. Those are the mountains that we want to move today because we don't want them to have control over us. We're going to follow scripture. We're going to speak and we're going to move it. Moving mountains. It's just like going to the gym. Hopefully if you're working out, you're going to the gym, you're getting stronger and you increase in weight. I believe mountains make our faith stronger as we purpose to move them. There was a time in my life, this was Pastor Drew's favorite portion of my message, I was like legit strong. I, when I went to work out, I could deadlift more than him. When we ran a half marathon, I beat him. Like, I was just strong. I didn't have to seek the Lord desperately for strength and to be able to get out of bed. 
after a mountain, I found something in him I didn't know I needed to fight so hard. Now, instead of allowing that mountain to block my view of him, I see something bigger in him. I see his faithfulness in it. Don't allow the mountains that are in your way. Don't pitch a tent. Don't stay on it. Don't blame God. Don't blame yourself. Don't get cozy on it. Do what he says here. Move it. See him greater. It's not that we make him greater. He's already great. It's making him great in our hearts, in our homes, in our thinking. Probably going to say that more than once. Mark eleven twenty two in the New King, King James Version, the first statement that Jesus makes is have faith in God. When I first started looking at this, I'm like, that's a very simple, uncomplicated statement, Lord. He's making a declarative statement. Have faith in God. Now, before you're quick to listen or quick to speak, I want you to slow down and consider that. When you think of your mountain, whatever it is for you, is your faith in God? I think most of you could probably agree with me and say, man, I love the Lord. I do what I know I'm supposed to do. I absorb him. I spend time with him. My faith is in God. From personal experience, and I'm going to tell on myself in a second, it can so quickly change and not even realize it. And that's why I encourage you, slow down when you think about your it today. Is your faith in God? At the beginning of the year, I started some treatment with an upper cervical spine specialist, and I'm not going to go into all that. But when I shared with her, she took MRIs, an hour and a half worth. Man, that tunnel is small. She took x-rays. She got what she needed so she could help me. And when I first started treatment, she's like, yes, Lindy, yes, we can do this. I believe I'm going to be able to help you, and you're going to be able to get your best. It was something that the Lord brought to Shar's attention. She brought it to us like we had. Drew and I were confident. This is an answer to prayer. She is a part of the solution for me. She's excited. A couple weeks in, she's like, okay, Lindy, tell me how you're feeling. Like, do you have pain? Any symptoms? And my neck was a little sore at the time, but that was to be expected. And I'm like, man, when I lay down and go to bed, my heart doesn't feel like a fish out of water. To go from standing to laying down, my body did some crazy things that were bleh. didn't like them. I'm like, my resting heart rate's really good. Before her, I felt every beat my heart made. And the doctors told me, it's not going to kill you. It's just really annoying. I'm like, I don't even know my heart's working, and, but I'm breathing, so I know it is. But I don't feel every beat. And the more that I'm explaining to her all the changes I'm experiencing, experiencing i'm watching her excitement her hope her faith just dwindle she started with i know i can help you to her words after she looked up from the computer i'm like she said i hope i hope this works for you and i was so mad i was so mad i'll never forget it was on a wednesday i left her office i cried all the way home she's in west des moines got to fusion we started practice and i was I think we were singing that song, the one that if I go before Sarah, she's going to sing at my funeral. Anyways, here's your laugh. I know that's exactly what she did. Okay. We're playing this song and I just couldn't do it. I had to step away and I had to go into the restroom and I had to have a heart check like I'm asking you to have today. Lindy, why does her statement bother you so much? Why is my faith from going from here to here? Because who was my faith in? It switched. 
It wasn't intentional. I seek him every day. Like, I can't say it enough, but somewhere in this journey, my faith switched from God to her. And in the bathroom, I had to decide, my faith's in you, Lord. You hold all things together. My hope does not come from people. She's an answer to prayer, and I believe that you give her wisdom, but it's not in her. My faith is in him. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Who's your heart loyal to? Because if it's him, this is what we get. When our faith is in him, so many mountains in our lives that want to distract us and say he's not big enough. He can't do it. Scripture tells us different. Say, move it. Are you loyal to him and is your faith in him and him alone? In this portion of scripture, it's also tied to the fig tree. Jesus and the disciples were walking and Jesus was hungry. He sees a fig tree from the distance. It wasn't the right season for figs, but the fig tree looked it. The shade of the leaves, there should have been figs there. And so Jesus, he's hungry. He's like, when I get to that fig tree, I'm going to get me a fig. He gets there. Again, it looks the part, but it doesn't have any fruit. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus responded with, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately, the fig tree withered away. Don't just come and look the part. That's not what moves mountains. Don't just sing a song to sing a song. Sing a song to declare who your God is. It helps you keep your faith in him. And then let this illustration be what he wants us to do with things that aren't producing life. One of my most favorite statements that Pastor Drew made last week was that we would love people to life. The fruit that's in your life right now, is it life? Is it from him? Does it keep your faith in him? If not, get rid of it. Scripture says he is the vine and we are the branch. Picture that. I love that illustration. My kids say, Lindy, mom, you love everything. I do. I love the word. He is the vine. We are the branch. Think of the nutrients that branches get from the vine. It is the only way we can access what he has for us. He is a God of the impossible, not on our own. May we be filled with the fruits of righteousness through Christ Jesus. Don't just go to church. Be doers. Be loyal to him and him alone. Keep your faith in him. Amen. Speak to the mountain. Say, speak. Speak. Verse 23 says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. I've already said it. We're not going to get cozy on this mountain. We're going to speak to the mountain. I'm not going to speak to Pastor Drew about my mountain. As much as I love to, Mom, I'm not going to call you. And if I do, you need to turn it off and talk about my mountain. What am I going to do? I'm going to speak to it. I can call people. I don't know how many times I've called Miss Sarah Ladd. Let's talk, let's, let's talk to this mountain. Let's talk to each other. Let's encourage each other. Who's bigger? 
Again, God doesn't need to be made bigger only in me and my thinking. Speak to the mountain. Last week, Pastor Drew had a big old megaphone. You don't have to carry that around everywhere because that would get heavy and slightly frustrating for people. But make it that loud in your heart. Speak words of life. Think that all that God did when he created the world. How did he do it? He spoke it. Don't make your mountain bigger. You're not going to be able to cast it if you do. I will continue to speak to my mountain and remind it, myself and others, that God moves mountains. Please go to, we're going to stick in Mark 11. It wants my face. Okay, there we go. Mark 11 and just go into the top in verse 2. Jesus is talking to just two of his disciples. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Verse 6. They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were allowed to take it. Say what he tells you to say, and you have the authority to cast it. We're going to speak, but we're not going to use our own words. We don't even have to be creative. Find scripture. He'll tell you what to speak towards your mountain. You find the promises and you speak it. Don't even, like, I want you to think on them. Because what we think on is what we're going to say. But meditate, meditate, meditate. Speak. Speak. I have meditated on scriptures for a very long time. But there are times that I lack in the speaking. And I am a firm believer. That's why I don't see all the things that I see. I've done so much speaking this week. Join me. Join me. In Mark 9, a man brought his son to Jesus who was overtaken by a mute spirit. Whenever it seized him, scripture says it would throw and cast him down. He would foam at the mouth and he would become rigid. On occasions, the spirit would toss the child into the fire and water to destroy him. The father asked for compassion. And Jesus asked him if he believed all things were possible to him who believed. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Who knows what comes next? Help my unbelief. If you're struggling speaking the wrong, the right thing, and you have spoken the wrong thing. I had something thrown at me on Friday, and I had a moment. I had just a moment. Pastor Drew and I were in the kitchen. It was a... Loud enough moment that Kayla heard me downstairs in the basement. Pastor Drew said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just taking a moment. And then I looked at him. I said, my moment's done. Lord, help my unbelief. Man, Jesus gets you. He gets you. That's one of my favorite things about talking to him is I don't have to explain myself because he already knows what I'm thinking. You might as well tell him if you're struggling with your belief. But then look what happened next. The boy was delivered. 
He was set free. Jesus didn't condemn him. He said, oh, I got this. Believe that he is the God of the impossible. We just sang, when I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. When I open my mouth, miracles start to break out. Speak. Everybody say speak. Speak. Matthew 16, 9 says, and I 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Church, he has given us the keys. With your words, what you're speaking. They're not fake keys. He's not taunting and teasing us. He's saying, use it. What are you allowing to stay in your life? And this is zero condemnation. I was first diagnosed with an illness almost 11 years ago. I remember then thinking about the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. I'm not going to get to 12 years. I'm speaking it. I believe it. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to absorb more and more. And the mountain is moving and it's staying gone. In Jesus' name, don't give up. We have the authority to speak to our mountains because of the one who gave us the authority. It's not on us. We speak it, we believe it, and he does the rest. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Don't let it. Now say cast it. Who are these lights? Tell you. Cast is to throw. The Hebrew word means to throw with force and effort or without. From personal experience, this is where it gets really real for me. I've I've talked to the Lord so much about this word, cast, to cast a mountain. And I've thought, most of our mountains, there's a lot of weight there. Like, they're big deals to us. We're invested a lot. And I thought, what, what do I do, Lord? Do I just not care more? Like, what do I do to make this burden lighter so I can cast it? Cast your care upon me. Cast your care upon him. And I am confident that the burden will become less and less. Truth will get bigger and bigger Therefore, trust is going to get bigger and bigger, and we are going to do some casting. Amen? I heard the word raw in my prayer time prepping for this message. I don't know that I've ever heard the word raw before, but I think of raw hamburger. I don't have to do anything to make it raw. That's how I get it. That's how we come to him. Raw. Just like the father, he didn't try to get his attitude right before he responded to Jesus. He's just like, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. To me, that's pretty raw. We don't have to fix our mindsets before we go to him. We go to him and he fixes our mindsets. He shows us those lies that we've believed for so long that are not true. Whatever occupies our minds for better or for worse, whether it's joy, faith, hope, love, fear, stress, anger, or grief, will determine how much force we need to cast. Understand, it's not in our own strength, though. It's through doing what we've already said. 
First, we're keeping our faith in him. God, you are a great and mighty God, and the love that you have for me is uncomprehensible. I speak your truth and not mine. And so you cause these mountains to cease. The word cast, if anyone here is fear, not uh, fearing the Lord at the current moment, I encourage you to look at the word cast and find some scriptures. It's a pretty heavy word. It was used when Jesus told the people to gouge their eye and cut off their hand if it causes them to sin and cast it from you. Big God in the little city. Jesus didn't really want them to do this, but if your mountain is an addiction, quit going to your source. Don't allow it in your home. If you need to get rid of your phone, get rid of your phone. Like Jesus is serious when he says, do this and get it away from you. If it's causing you to sin, if that's your mountain, quit feeding it. In Jesus' name, it's not worth it. Consider that. When we say, no, I just want to stay where I am. It feels too good or it tastes too good. What you're saying is, Jesus, you're not worth it. Holding on to unforgiveness, we're saying, God, I care about feeling this hate more than I care about what you've done for me. Who do you love more? Casting is used in scripture. Joe Ladd used it in offering last week. Um, The woman who gave in her poverty and cast all she had in her giving. I don't know if money was her mountain, but if it was, she won that day. She gave it up. She gave all she had, and she said, my faith is in you. So every day in every choice we have, in every choice that we get to make, we get to choose who we put our faith in, what we're going to speak, who we want to make greater. Definition of casting is to throw with force and effort or none at all. Pierce Riley, come on up here. Trust him to do the impossible. If you know too much about me, I loved playing ball in high school. Side thought, if you're a coach, you're doing much more than just teaching someone to play the sport. I didn't have Jesus in high school, but I had a softball in my hand, and it is literally what kept me in school. I wish I had multiples, but I don't, so bear with me. The thing I want you to focus on is the weight. I, you know, we, we, we do this a lot and we've got a good arm, but I'm a little nervous. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> no, stay here. We're just going to do this. We're going to keep it light. This ball is not heavy for me at all. I could throw this all day long. If you stay longer, we could throw it more. <laughs> we love to play ball. It's light. It's easy. My grandpa always got on me. I was a catcher. So, you know, when you're sitting behind home plate and someone's trying to steal second, you can't sit and be there. I'm not going to do that. But And come all the way down and throw. You just got to shotgun it, right, Ashley? If you want to get the fastest, you have to do it. But he always yelled at me, Lindy, all the way around at first, all the way around. Get your muscles loose. Yes, grandpa. And then we would get further, but we're not going to get further. We don't want to have to replace anything. I believe... This is what happens in our prayer life every day. When we start our day with him, 
we're getting warmed up for the day. And we can cast things. Paul says this in Thessalonians. He talks about, he says simple things like, always have joy, never stop praying. And then he says, I constantly pray for you. Some people think, Lindy, I'm not going to pray all the time. I'm going to have an ulcer because I'm going to think about these things. Nope. Picture a new ball every time. That's the only thing I wish I had was different balls. Every time something comes up during the day, if I have focused on him and set to follow him, I'm heeding his word, I can cast things. They're not heavy. I can do this. Lord, I trust you. Oh, that one thing that came up. Okay. I've already built myself up. I'm warmed up for this. My faith is warmed up. I'm casting it. I'm giving it. New scenario, not the same ball. Get the picture. It's light. It's light. It's not hard. Oh, that was a little bit harder, Lord. That phone call. That was a bit much more. It feels a little bit heavier, but I can still cast it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to speak to this mountain, and you're going to keep it this time. That one, it's done. I was warmed up. I had it. He's got it. I'm going to leave it with him. Sometimes. Oh, mercy, I'm not throwing this one. (laughs) I couldn't cast this far at all. Why don't you come close, and we'll just... I'm not going to, like, hurt myself here, okay? Oh, you can keep it still. And you can have a seat. Everybody give him a round of applause. <laughs> to cast, we got to cast our cares first. So we can cast our mountains far from us. I couldn't throw that 30-pounder very far right now. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> Make it lighter by giving it to him, little by little. At the beginning of the year, we were informed that our amazing son and daughter-in-law, and unfortunately they're taking our granddaughter too, are moving to Florida. We asked if we could keep her, and it was a no-go. We knew in January this is what's going to happen, and we thought we had till November. And so honestly, I was just being thankful for the time that we had, and it felt like my softball. I'm like... Drew, we're just going to keep praying for them. We're going to keep praying for them. We want God's best for them, and that hasn't changed. We want God's best for him. Then we got a call in April, and the house that they were renting sold, and so they're going July 13th. This softball that was so easy for me to throw became that 30-pound weight. Like every fear, every thought that brought anxiety, like I woke up with it, I went to bed with it, and everything in between because... To me, I lost my time to pray through it. (laughs) It doesn't change how big my God is. My circumstance has changed, but he hasn't. So for the next couple weeks, I came to him raw. My prayer started with Lindy flinging snot. Uh, Little by little. Little by little every day, though. Here's this fear, Lord. This is my fear. I'm taking this one fear. I'm going to cast it to you. And I trust you. I'm going to make you bigger in this fear. I'm going to focus on that today. The next day. 
Not much has changed, just down one. Lord, here's this thought. What about this one? How are you going to take care of this? And another, and another, and another. And within a couple weeks, little by little, purposing to cast my burden and increased my trust in him. The burden. I don't have that burden anymore. I'm not fearful for them. July 13th, Kay and Pierce already know there's going to be lots of tears. My love language is touch, and I love to hug and kiss and smooch them. But it's not out of fear. It's not out of anxiety. My goal is to be excited for them. And I'm there. They are young. They are full of faith. And they know the name of Jesus. Their faith is in it. They speak to their mountains. Doors are going to open, and they can cast their mountains. I'm excited. I officially just got there, guys. I've booked two airline tickets. (laughs) I have grace for them to be there. We always told the kids growing up, guys, you've got grace to be where you're at. Teenagers, where mom and dad say you need to be, you've got grace to do that. You're under them. Little by little, don't allow the heavy things to take away what God has given you. Pierce and Kay were not my mountain. My emotions were 100%. He's bigger. Say, move it. Philippians 4 through 8 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. None of my concerns were that. The Lord has truth. He has the answers. Think on his truth. I'm going to read Mark 21:25 to you. It says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your father in heaven will forgive you. For us to not be willing to forgive, we've already been there. But I'm going to say it again. You're saying what Jesus has done isn't enough. He can't come and redo it again. It's finished. We have to make the choice to forgive. The last portion of scripture that I do want you to turn to. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read out of the New King James. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, But have not love. I am nothing. I'm all about moving it. I'm all about us not having our view blocked by mountains. But seeing a greater picture of him. Do it in love. Love people to life. I can become the strongest woman in Iowa. But if I have not loved my family to life in Christ, I'm nothing. 
Those aren't my words. Those are words in scripture. But have, if I have not love, I am nothing. If I don't love his created and help them move mountains instead of broadcasting to them what their mountains are and how they're being idiots and they should just do this and that, but don't do it in love, I am nothing. Love people to life. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.